Good morning and welcome to Room 6 BCDAEIOUWTF.4. Our first panel today will be the continuation. Welcome, gatherers. We just came back from another awesome convention at Anaheim, California, hosted in the world-famous Anaheim Convention Center, WonderCon 2015. WonderCon Anaheim is an annual comic book, science fiction, and motion picture convention, which was previously named just WonderCon and was previously located at the San Francisco Bay Area four years ago. This year, the convention was held on April 3rd to the 5th, Easter Sunday. Whether you're new, interested, or an experienced con-goer, we have the inside scoop on what went down. But first, we have a chance to interview our fellow gatherer, Lewis, as he went to his first convention, which is this one. Joining me today is... Lewis. All right, and this is a really, really big interview and a big story because, Lewis, this is your first convention ever, correct? Yeah, it is. In any capacity, not just comics or anything like that. This is like your first like big. This is convention. like my first convention. Convention, like Which I've is, never been to another one before. And honestly, WonderCon is a perfect introduction to uh, conventions, especially like if you are planning to go to San Diego Comic Con in the near future, because that thing is a monster. I have gone to WonderCon for the past four years, and I was not able to go this year because of prior engagements. But this is great because. I finally get to. We can interview somebody who's never been to one. We get fresh eyes, and so first off, let's 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 just say, or let's just get to know what made you want to attend WonderCon. Um, they had a Nintendo booth. I'm a I'm a huge gamer, so I wanted to check out a game they actually had showcasing, which was uh, it was like a shooting game, like one of the new shooting games that they had. So I was like, oh, I need to go check it out if I want to go buy it. It's not Resident Evil, is it? No, it's Perfect um. Dark. It's like the paint, like, it's almost like paintball. What? Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Splatoon, yeah. Splatoon. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I played a lot of Splatoon, and sadly, I disliked it a lot because you move the controls with um, with the, the gamepad instead of the actual analog sticks. So it's really awkward to play, like, and I was, like, asking them a bunch of questions, and it was really cool, like, to be able to talk to them because some of them... Where like they had a lot of knowledge and saying why this is this way and this way this is why that's a, that way right so I don't know getting that experience was really cool and then um, just going around the exhibitor booth was really crazy like just seeing all the stuff that they had on sale and like all this all this stuff that you didn't think would could be in the same room was in the same room yeah awesome okay so how many days did you go and what did you do to prepare for this convention. Because I know Albert gave you some pointers before you you went in. Yeah, Albert gave me, like, uh, bring water and stuff and, like, uh, make sure you check out what's, like, what what the exhibitors are and, like, what, uh, what, what are the, what are the things called when you go to, uh, what is it called when you go to, like, uh, like a showing of something, like, for Star Trek or something like that? A panel, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, panel. So, I... I went to. I got a chance to go see the Disney Animation panel, which oh. was really cool because they actually talked about how you could get into Disney Animation, which is really cool. And I thought that was like, you know, you you might never get that opportunity to actually meet people that that work for Disney Animation, and they're specifically telling you how to get into Disney Animation. That's awesome. Okay, so. Yeah, wait, is that something you're interested in, is getting into Disney animation? Yeah, just, like, Disney in general, like, something that that I work with, which is art, you know, so, like, fine art, and, it like, I'll never get, like, an opportunity like that again, and that's why I was like, man, this is really cool, like, for something to be like that at a WonderCon, if I knew that beforehand, I would have been going for years, though. Yeah. Oh, 
Exactly. Okay, so did you have any expectations? And also explain, okay, what were your first, first moments like at the convention? It was pretty crazy. I ran into um, uh, Chewbacca Army when, like, even before <laughs> entering, like, I was walking over to the convention center, and there's a bunch of guys dressed as Chewbacca, like, Wookiees, and there's all these people dressed up, and, like, all these people with, like, shirts, like... It was like all the pop culture stuff in like one place, and I just I'd never experienced that before because I'd never been to a convention before. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm gonna go off on the on the Wookie uh, group. What was your favorite cosplay that you saw? Favorite cosplay. Hmm. I'm trying to think. It'd probably be a girl cosplay because she looked really hot, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you see Jessica, uh, Jessica Negri. <laughs> Um, no, I saw this really uh, cool girl that she looked exactly like Korra from The Legend of Korra. Oh, that's and she awesome. looked she looked almost exactly like if you were to rip Korra from the the show, she, that's how she would look in person. It was so crazy. See, it's great because sometimes you get those people who just like look exactly like the character they're cosplaying, and then you have the people who look like the characters if they gain three hundred pounds. So yeah, it, <laughs> so. It's always good, and it's always good, and kind of like you get that moment of like not not, not like a like a heartbeat being skipped, but you're just like, oh, that character, I, I, you're right there. It's like when you go to Disneyland or if you go to like a theme park and you see like Mickey, or you see like, or if you go to like uh, Six Flags, Bugs Bunny, you're like, oh, look, it's, it's Bugs Bunny. Like even though it's clearly not, it's not Bugs but, Bunny, but you know, you still have like that that initial that, that initial thing of just or that like feeling. You're like. Oh my god, they're right there, and uh, it's it's just kind of heartwarming. And sometimes when the cosplay is done just so right, you you get that, that like moment. they're like spot on, and you're just like, damn, that's so cool. Yeah. And, and then there was a there was a group that was dressed as Attack on Titan, the Scout yeah. Regiment, and they had everything on, and I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, and like I felt like everybody like there was so like free to express themselves, and I thought that's what the coolest part. Like, yeah, they some of them don't look like the characters that they're supposed to be. But for them, like that's that that's their thing, you know, and yeah, and in a lot of places that's like frowned upon in society. But like there at WonderCon, they were free to do what they wanted without being judged by other people, you know, because everybody there was into that kind of stuff, like pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so which of the days uh, was your favorite? Uh, the first day, it was like quite overwhelming. Like I wasn't really prepared for it. Like, I, th- I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just knew where I was going. And it was really cool meeting, like, a bunch of artists that work on, like, they're, like, artists in the industry, and that's what I'm really interested in. Okay, so um, so you went down Artist Alley, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I did. So was that your favorite part of the exhibit hall? Yeah, that was easily the best part, because I was talking to all these artists and how they got into the industry and like tips that they had for me and i was like man that's so cool and i i would love to be an exhibitor next year if i get some of my work like like uh streamlined then i would i'd love to be an exhibitor next year yeah i was actually going to ask you that so next year you want to be an exhibitor anything else that you would do differently next year at one one con specifically WonderCon, if i would do anything else i would i would i would go early in the morning because the day that i went I went in the late afternoon, not thinking that it would be a big deal, but it was a big deal because parking sucked, and I had to park far, you know. And I and it, I don't mind walking, you know, and I need to walk, so it was chill. But like, it would have been cooler if I would have just parked right next to the structure that they have there and walked over to the convention center. See, okay, so I have a horrible story that kind of reminds me of that. So 
I went my first San Diego Comic Con uh, experience was in 2006 or 2007. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was 2007. And I flew all the way from Texas with some friends, and I stayed in the hotel room. And like I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a nap. I'm not gonna go in at the beginning, like, early in the morning, because I, I never went to a convention. I went to like one small comic book convention in Austin uh, before, and that was it. That was my only like experience, and it was really, really small. It was, it was really, really small. And it was called Staplecon, and um, so I didn't. I had no idea what to expect from Comic Con, and I I went. I was gonna. I'm gonna take a couple. Uh, I'm gonna take a nap, and then we get on the trolley, and I'm gonna go over to the convention. I ended up sleeping in until about four o'clock in the first day. Wasted all that time on the flight and all the money on the hotel room and on the tickets. Well, actually, at that time the Comic Con was like eighty, eighty, ninety dollars. And I missed the whole first day, and I was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna do that again." So the rest of the time, I went there like at six in the morning, waiting, waited in line with the people just to get into exhibit hall. And I, you know, it was it was so fucking great. So I know exactly how how it is like when you go there late and you're just like, "Oh, ah, shit, damn it." <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so are you excited or are you interested in going to any other conventions this year? Because there are a lot, there are, there are a lot more conventions this year. So, so I know for a fact I'll be going to Star Wars Celebration. On uh, this the eighteenth, the eighteenth, yeah, that Saturday, and then I'll also be going to D twenty three because I enjoy Disney and I want to yeah. meet the artists for Disney. So I'm going to D twenty three when it comes in August, and then um, I'm thinking about going to BlizzCon because one of our fellow podcasters, Dan, he was talking about how amazing Overwatch was, and I just wanted to play it so bad. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, BlizzCon that would be. A lot of fun. Uh, D23, I went uh, the last one. I wasn't really impressed. But that's, that's, for, a different, that's for a different continuation altogether. Um, let's see. What was, your, what was your favorite and worst moment of the entire con? So the worst moment right off the bat, I had to pay for parking just to pick up my press badge. Or not my press badge, but my badge. And I thought that was kind of strange considering they recommended that you go a day earlier. And they were charging for a non-day event. Like, I was there for legitimately, like, five minutes, and they charged me 15 bucks to stay yeah. there. I thought that was kind of weird. But, you know what? I, I just got over it because I was like, well, what happened happened. So, And then I was just thinking to the next day, and I was just really excited to go. And then, um, I don't know, the art, the artists, just meeting artists, like... You don't like I I don't get the opportunity to meet a lot of artists. Like the only other artist that I talk to frequently is my brother, and you know he does galleries and stuff too. But it's just kind of like meeting other people that are interested in what you're interested in is like it's crazy. Like it's almost like uh, what is a word like a good word to describe like something really cool, like uh, epic. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know like. It was. I I thought it was really cool meeting other artists that are in the business already. It's uh, yeah. It's just kind of well, especially for you. It would be like really just uh, it kind of hits you in the heart, like you know, just a little bit. It's just kind yeah. of it. It's uh, what's the word now? I can't, I can't think of the word, but uh, it makes you feel motivated. Yeah, because you know you meet somebody that's actually making a living, and you saw a lot of them having their families there with them, you know. And I thought that was so cool. I would love to be an exhibitor there one day, and to have my art and people coming up to me and asking for my autograph on my work, you know, that would be so cool. Yeah, um, it'll be so. I have two last questions before you go. One, so they announced this year that that this WonderCon will be moving to LA next year. What are your thoughts on that? And that for right now, it's only there. It seems like it's only interested for one year in LA. How do you feel about that? 
I generally hate L.A. Ha- L.A. is, like, the worst. Like, if you try to convince me to L.A., it's just, like, it's not going to happen. Like, you ha- I, you have to probably, like, take me kicking and screaming to take me to L.A. Just because I just don't like dealing with L.A. But, you know, if I get the chance to be an exhibitor there, then cool, I'll go. But if it's just to be, like, a guest like I was this year, then I probably won't go just because I just dis- dislike L.A. that much. Yeah. Understandable. Okay. Well, thank you, Lewis. And uh, any bit of advice for people who are interested in, in attending their first con in the near future? Don't be late. Get there early in the morning. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lewis. Next up will be Jeff, who actually we're going to be getting a whole different side of it. He was part of an exhibitor um, at a, on a booth, which is great. So we're going to be talking to him next in just a second. Some of the biggest companies gathered for the event this year, like BBC America, DC Entertainment, NBC, Warner Brothers Television and Home Entertainment, Nintendo of America, Capcom, IDW Publishing, Image Comics, Boom Studios, Valiant Entertainment, and Loot Crate, just to name a few. Special guests were plenty. People like Chris Hardwick, Neil Adams, Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, Greg Pak, Rick Remender, James Robinson, Lou Fregnell, Richard Hatch, Greg Horn, and more. Well, speaking about Greg Horn, another one of our fellow gatherers got a chance to assist as an exhibitor this year, and we got a chance to get one-on-one with him. And we're back with Jeff now, who was actually an ex- an, uh, part of the exhibitor. Yes, I was. Uh, he was out. He was part of a booth, yep. which is pretty awesome. So we're going to get two different sides now so far. Well, I'm going to give a little perspective before you start in on your questions. Basically, what happened was Greg Horn, he is an... Uh, he is a primarily a digital artist, and he's done most of his work with Marvel. He usually does WonderCon, and he usually has a lot of volunteers that come in to help him that he knows throughout the country. And a lot of ones that he had that were coming into him for this event didn't seem to want to show up this time, so he was kind of shorthanded. So he sent out a message on Facebook, because he and I are friends on there, saying, you know, if anybody's in the Southern California area, would somebody be willing to help out? And I figure, well... For one, I'm not going to WonderCon this weekend. I figured, well, maybe this will be my my backstreet way in to try to get into WonderCon this year. So I put out my message and said I'm available all for the days and everything. So he contacted me and said, you know, you'll be good to go. Originally, he said he'd probably only need me for Sunday, but then it turned out he would need me for all the days. That's awesome. And from there, it's pretty much the rest is history, so a history that we will be talking about right now exactly so it's always good to know people in the industry indeed to get into a convention okay so what was your role in the booth okay my role was twofold because um for one he had two believe it or not he had two booths there i mean his, his stuff was real big so he has a lot of people that are working for him but his original intention was i was going to play what was called a front man and me and another volunteer would be out relatively a few feet in front of his booth and you know as people were walking by you know ones that were coming in proximity get them hooked in be basically like a salesman and you know ring them in for what this day's special deals were what he had going on for prints and show what was for sale and you know what kind of deals they could have pretty much it was basically being like a salesman you know up front as opposed to the very front of the booth where he would handle business as people were walking right in front of there just so you can get a more of a volume of people coming in. That's awesome. So I think the most important question is, were you the booth babe? Uh, it would be nice if I was, but I don't think I – well, no, actually, no, I think his thing was he only, want, he only wanted uh, – 
he only wanted amateurs involved, and unfortunately, it's not <laughs> open to professionals. So, I, considering that I am a professional, I guess I'd be kind of disqualified from doing so. So, no, I was definitely not no booth babe this oh, time. Well, that's that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> I, I'm sure you, you just nailed it. Okay. I know. So, out of all the products that he was selling, what was your favorite? Oh, God, he had so many wonderful prints, but probably the best ones that I'd have to say off the top of my head. He had uh, 13 by 19 inch lithographs that were limited edition, and these were some uh, Star Wars ones that he had. One one was a Biker Babe rendition of Princess Leia strangling... uh, uh, strangling um, uh, Jabba the Hut, oh, and, it, okay. and it's and it's so funny because if you look closely on it, you can see some. She has some tattoos on her and everything that are just like so hilarious, like <laughs> like on her left thigh, Nerf Herder's been here, and uh, or a, a whole bunch of funny, cute ones. I mean, you have that. You have his uh, lithograph that is the variant cover for Star Wars Number Two with Vader on the front, which is so amazing. Did you get any of them for free? I'll tell you right now. Part of my recompense that unfortunately I wasn't able to get because we were really balls to the wall trying to get things done is is um, is Prince. In fact, I have a whole lot coming to me. So basically, the next show that I see him at, I'll just ring him up for what he owes me and everything. And I I do have a, a, my crack at a lot of sweet Prince, and hopefully, I can get some of those Star Wars ones. Ah, oh, that is so cool. Okay, so where is he planning on on being next, and will you be there? Ah. Uh, I think the next one that he is at, at least from what I remember, I believe it's Wizard. Uh, he he does a lot of Wizard World um, cons because he has like an exclusive contract with them, something I believe, and I believe that's where he is going next. I mean, I think the immediate thing he's going to back is home to Florida right now, obviously to be back with the family and everything, and to be back to work doing what he is. But I believe Wizard World is what is what is next on the horizon for him. Do you know which one it is? Because they're all over the map. Off the top of my head, I. Th- Think he said something about Philadelphia, but I could, but but I can't attest to that to be sure. Cause so you probably will not be joining him. Probably not. I mean, if that's the case for that one, probably not. Now, yeah. his associates and friends that work with him and everything said they could possibly use me for San Diego, but again, that would have to depend how busy I am at that time. That's too. pretty amazing. It would be it would be nice if I was able to get into there, but you know, I'm not really holding my breath. And furthermore, like I said, I may already have a prior commitment going on at that time. I know he also works kamikaze. Oh, okay. I know he works kamikaze, so I know there could be that possibility if I want to. So you know, there, and the good thing about it is, at the end of the day on Sunday when I, when we were finally just parting our ways from the hotel and everything, he was saying that you know the employees get that as recompense get their first crack at Prince as they want to. So obviously oh, that's, so that's cool. going to be my recompense that I'm going to have when I get to his booth next time, and hopefully there's new stuff available of which they can even have a greater selection. But get this. The more you work for them, the next time eventually um, you start to get a cut of what the profits are. And if, say for the sake of argument, you're one of the people that works the booth for him and he's not able to actually attend, you get a commission of the sales. That is awesome. Which I think is even better. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of possibilities going on with this. And uh, it's really nice to be a part of it whenever I can, wherever I can. All right, you guys, don't booth block uh, Jeff here, okay? We, we need him. We need him on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so how did being behind a booth differ from, you know, you going to the con and experience it as a regular, as a regular attendee? Well, that was... If there's anything I could probably say that was an unfortunate circumstance about doing that is being confined to that one area. I mean, while... 
I wasn't exactly, you can't exactly say I was being forced to stay there the whole time and everything. It was more kind of just like an honorable thing trying to stay there because, you know, you kind of gave your word and everything between being a front man and also being behind the counter, actually, because there was a few moments, there was some times in which I was actually doing sales behind the table with him. It offers a new perspective because it's like, as someone who just attends the con as a visitor, you get a wider view of everything that's going on. You get to visit tables all the time. You get to go throughout the aisles. But being part of this, you know, you're 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 stuck to one location, so it becomes almost like a more intimate setting. It becomes yeah. a more intimate setting because you're getting to know people that wanna that are actually interested in buying your product, and it it really gives a new perspective. It really is looking at it from a new, uh, from a new side of a coin, so to say. Yeah. Especially since you've been to so many conventions. Before. Exactly. Exactly. I've been to plenty of them as an, as an attendee. This was my first time as an exhibitor. So this was definitely an experiment. So a if, successful one, I would think. Yeah. So you're an exhibitor. Would you say that's more kind of like, not exactly being a spectator, but just, um, is it, is it a lot, a little bit more fun kind of just being stuck there and just seeing everybody as they walk by and just kind of seeing them one by one as opposed to just walking around and just kind of spotting somebody real quick and then trying to get over and talk to them. And, but, of course, there's like thousands of other people in your way. I, I, it's actually funny you mentioned that because I, I, that's the exact impression I got was, you know, instead of actually me being on my feet walking and saying, oh, somebody there or somebody there, they're actually walking by your place for a change. So it doesn't seem... It, it it seems like almost like a uh, a circumstance of fortunate um uh, of fortunate occurrences going on because he had artists coming to him all throughout the day and everything shaking his hand and so so many people coming on it really was it really was a special experience I think it definitely was an eye opener that's awesome okay so what's next uh, you have a lot of friends in the in the whole industry and people who have booths there or help out with booths. Do you plan on being exhibitor again? You kind of mentioned, you kind of said that you would if they were if they would let you go to San Diego Comic Con yeah, or San, Kamikaze. Yeah, yeah, San Diego is probably about the earliest one. I think that it, that uh, one of his associates said they might need me at if I'm interested. And like I said, it's really just going to depend on what my situation is. I mean, it would be nice. As for trying to do it all four days, it's probably not going to be. I mean, at the very least, I'd probably only be able to do it a day. But that's about the earliest thing that I think I'd probably be available for. And at the very least, I can always hit him up at Kamikaze later on. It was fun. I can tell you that right now, but I'll tell you to be quite honest. It was also kind of I, – I also really missed being like an attendee, being able to walk around and do what I want to and everything. Like I said, I wasn't really – it's not as if I was forced to be tied down, but at some times and everything, I was always thinking like, gosh, I wish I could get up and walk, walk around and stuff and see all the other things. I mean, I had some breaks here and there for like eating and stuff or maybe a bathroom break here or there. So it's not as if it was like a 24-7 gig that I was going on that whole time, but it was very exhausting at the end of the day, I do tell you. Yeah, understandable. Okay, so um, what was your favorite and your worst moment being – in the exhibitor table the favorite moment probably had to be when <laughs> well ironically it probably had to be the day when we were setting up on thursday because we were checking over at the uh, at the second table and neil adams came over to uh, greg horn's booth and everything and were talking us up because i think neil adams and greg horn have like a rivalry thing going on and everything kind of a friendly kind of thing oh, I, was gonna, I was gonna say like one of those playful like playful oh, well, I'm, playful I'm gonna beat you this one 
playful, but you still see probably a little bit of an antagonism going on with it and everything. So it was kind of interesting seeing being up close and personal to him and everything. And uh, so that so that was kind of fun. I mean, you know, I mean, not not that I have anything against Neil Adams. I mean, he's a fine man, but you know, you know, I. If for the life of me, I don't know anybody who can afford his artwork nowadays at the commission. At the commissions, he charges. <laughs> well, but I mean, he, he is a legend. Yeah, he is a legend. So it's like he has every right to do that. So I would say that on top of having a lot of friends come to the booth. I mean, I had people from my comic group, the union, come and support me and everything. Saw a whole bunch of other people there in my circle of friends. Lewis came by. He came by. Albert came by as oh, well perfect. while we were while, while we were doing that. So anybody it, else? I, I know uh, Josephine. Who's Josephine been on did. A in podcasts. fact, yeah, actually, one of my break times on Saturday, I took like about forty five minute break or something, and I scaled throughout the aisles with her and everything just to hang out and everything before I went back to the before I went back to the booth. So yeah, she was there and she saw me again on Sunday. And oh yeah, it, was, it those were the good times. I tell you, the worst times I can tell you off the bat is standing in one freaking place for hours and hours and hours. That started to pinch on my back, especially when it came to Friday night. I mean, it was good to a point, but by nighttime and getting home, I was like, oh, my God, this is just terrible. (laughs) He actually had an interesting thing to try to alleviate the pain, though. He has these stools. It's basically, it looks like a bicycle. a bicycle's uh, seat, except jutting from it is a bar. You and you put it down at an angle on the floor, and you basically put your back against it. That resets your back instantly. So I'm huh. thinking, like, there is something there that I'm going to definitely invest in if ever I need to have a <laughs> long-standing uh, duration again. They were amazing, and they really came in helpful, especially on Sunday when I was behind the booth with Greg during the whole day, not just as front man, but behind the booth with him. And that was a very, uh, that was a very confined space because like I said, he had two, he had two booths. The bigger one was closer to the 100 aisle, whereas the main one where he was at was in artist alley. And it was so cooped up in there. If anything, I was really testing my ninja skills that whole day, trying to go, (laughs) trying to go throughout, trying to make sure nothing fell over, squeezing in like that, trying not to, not to knock anything over. But you know, it's something I will always remember. That's awesome. How do you feel about WonderCon moving to LA? Because you and I have been going for years and we're kind of just, we're kind of just set. Like, it's an Anaheim convention. Well, actually, it wasn't Anaheim at first. Well, originally, well, originally, it was held at the Oakland Convention Center from about 1987 to 2003. Then it was moved. That's to right. the, then it was moved to the Moscone Center in San Francisco from about oh three from about oh four to I believe about 2011. It only came to Anaheim in 2012 because the Moscone Center had to have renovations done. And from what I understood, they had every intention of bringing it back the next year, but I guess they never they never really contemplated that it was going to be the hit that it was down here. Do you think it will happen in L.A. now? Well, I'll tell you right now. When I heard the news about it, I was actually pretty surprised that that it came that 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 came down to me because at first I thought is are we not having a successful WonderCon going on anymore and then I realized it's well, well we're doing the very same thing that the Moscone Center had to do all those years back. So it makes me concerned because half of me loves WonderCon being down here and I don't want to have to go all the way all the way to Los Angeles to do that even though I have nothing against their convention center. They have a very good convention center to hold that event. 
but it just makes me concerned that the very thing that you know San Francisco lost with WonderCon coming to us has now been done to us, and it's now going to be in Los Angeles. But you know, only time will tell. At least the theory is is that they're just going to do the renovations over this year, and therefore they couldn't accommodate trying to do WonderCon. And let's just hope it comes back to Anaheim in 2016. But who who knows? To be quite honest, if it does go, it makes me really sad because you know when it comes to a true proper comic-con before WonderCon, we only had one of the wizard worlds going on yeah. here and after that what are we going to have then that's true in the way of, in the way of i mean we have other conventions obviously don't get me wrong but after that what are we going to have after that it just really makes me concerned exactly so what other conventions are you going to go to this year as an attendee well with any luck, I'm going to try to do Star Wars Celebration uh, for a Sunday pass this upcoming this upcoming weekend. With any luck, if I'm able to manage it. Just to see how it is. I mean, at the very least, one day for something so big as that seems like it would be worth it. I'm going to try to do San Diego, but no guarantees. Like I said, I don't actually have my own pass, but you know, I'm sure Craig could probably work something out with that if he need, if he really needed me or something. But we'll see how it goes. The one I'm pretty much for certain that I know I'm going to will be Long Beach Comic Con, not Comic Expo. That happened in February, but Comic Con, which happens in September. And after that will be Kamikaze, you know, that normally you and I go to and yep. everything. So oh, I love we'll, Kamikaze. We'll, we'll, we'll be set for October to do that. And for a change, I think when November comes, I'd actually like to try to do my first BlizzCon. I'd oh, actually like be great. to try to do BlizzCon. It's just, oh, man, that's so expensive for those tickets. Those tickets are crazy expensive. Yeah, and we'll try to get press for that. And we're Oh, that would be great. If we can get in press for, for BlizzCon, man, that would be awesome. I could get into really covering a story like that absolutely all righty uh thank you jeff and uh any bit of advice for people who are looking to become an exhibitor because uh lewis earlier we talked to him he really wants to be an exhibitor next year yes so what advice would you give him or anybody else who wants to be an exhibitor take pain meds so your back doesn't go out while you're trying to work seriously no i'm just kidding but (laughs) like i said that was good advice though be prepared to do a whole lot of standing especially if you're behind the table you're going to have a confined space. You know, some people are under the impression that, you know, there is, you know, plenty of space to walk around. You're often cramped up in these places for hours and hours and hours. So you definitely have to be willing to accommodate something like that. It can be as simple as that little stool thing, like I said, the gray cat. I'm so lo- I'm so going to ask him what those are so I can get my own because that was just that just seems like an investment worth having. Be prepared also to pack your own stuff. I mean, yeah, technically, when, you, when you're talking about exhibitors, yeah, you can have – they do have convention people come to get, go on food runs if you need to, like there was someone who did it for us for the weekend. But I'll tell you right now, they mark up prices at convention centers for food all the time. It's really not worth it, people. If you're going to be an exhibitor, bring your own food like I did. It's really inexpensive to do, and then you have it right there available. Always, always be ready. Bring in the proper munitions that you need to, food-wise or otherwise. And if you're an exhibitor, be prepared to be social, too. It's not something that really pays to be just ignoring people. Be willing to be out there talking to people, looking them in the eye, whether it is actually trying to get get them sold on something or even just to get them feeling comfortable about what is being exhibited, whether it's artwork like I did for Greg Horn or it's a video game booth or, or anything, for that matter, that belongs in the con scene. 
You know, that's always made me mad because going to conventions and stuff like that, so many people, especially in the artist alley, who don't have a name for themselves or anything like that, they'll just sit down on their phone and just ignore everybody who walks by. That's how you make your money back. And it drives me crazy. The people who actually say hi, I'll actually stop and look at their stuff and I will tell them, like, this stuff's really cool, and I'll, I'll always be nice and pleasant to him. And like, you know, I hope I hope you do well. I'm sorry I can't buy anything, but you know what? This stuff is awesome. I really, really hope to see it at a different convention when I have more money. It's real funny that you mentioned that because uh, Greg was telling us a story because he kind of has a new thing going. He kind of has a more recent thing going on with his style too. At one time, Greg was almost the same as all those other artist alley buys. I mean, he had a simple. Uh, you know, table going on. He would be sitting down there. He'd be mostly just, you know, in, uh, a passive for the most part, just, you know, working on a sketch here, there, and everything. If somebody would come by, he would say hi and all that kind of stuff. And he basically told me the story. He's like, you know, I realized one day I'm looking at people go by. I'm not getting a lot of people. And I'm realizing, you know, yeah, I can understand, you know, the old mindset was, hey, I'm the star. I'm the artist. They should be coming to me and all that. And I'm thinking, like, this is just stupid. I could be actually trying to make something more out of it. And that's where the entire idea came for him to do his booth bigger, being the more social kind, bringing them in, saying hi, being more social. And, you know, for the, for, to be honest, he was probably one of the more successful, I think, exhibitors of WonderCon this year. He was a guest. That's and perfect. they allowed him two booths. That's something that he said a lot of people were really pissed off oh, about this I'll, year. That does WonderCon. not happen. Ever, especially yeah. having one artist alley and then a normal booth in the in the, uh, in the exhibitor in, the, in exhibitor one hundred section. Yeah, I mean that's unheard of. Like and that's the other thing when we go to Comic Con, you know, you, when we go, Alex Ross has this huge booth, but, but he the people never shows who work up. there, he never shows up, he never and shows the people up. there are just douchey. I just I don't you know. Well, they, they, well, they act like the snooty people you would find in a, in an art museum is what they act like. Exactly, and I never stop by his booth and I never look at his stuff. I'm a big fan of his, but yeah, you know what? Me too. If if I don't need that. I don't need to. You know, I'm not going to look at his pencil sketches that are like a thousand dollars. just it's just there's no interest. So, oh, it, 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 I I swear, it would turn around for him instantly if he actually came to his own booth at, at San Diego. It, it, would, it would turn around immediately. I mean, you would have record lines of people coming in, and they have couches that. and stuff there. Nobody sits on that crap. It's just, it's just. Oh, I know. That's, that's a whole different podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> I could do a whole exactly. podcast about how. I, pissed I mean, off I'm a total Alex that. fan myself, but you know, for the life of me, I mean, maybe it's just because he's so busy now or something. I don't know, but I don't, I don't really see the why that that is done it's it's just i mean i can understand if you're busy and you can't go to your own booth for circumstances that are unseen which happens all the time yeah but it seems that alex has not been back to his booth at san diego for who knows how long now. i know it's just it, it's kind of disheartening but exactly and it's great to see that you get that you've been in the exhibitor booth and you can kind of see like their point of view and exactly you know, and like so now when you go to a convention is your like will your whole like Image, image, and just kind of attitude change. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I see. It's not only just a con for for people going in now, but it's as much as our con as it as an exhibitor's con as it is for people that are walking through there. I used to think, you know, hey, you know, hey, you know, they've bu- they've bought their booth, they're doing what they're doing, you know, they're just the douchebags that are trying to get something to sell off, <laughs> off of us and everything. But now I actually have probably more respect for them the exhibitors now than what what i used to actually being on that side of the fence now that's great it really is an eye opener 
That's awesome. All right. Once again, thank you so much. We're going to do a little bit more news that we uh, we have from uh, WonderCon, and then we'll be interviewing Albert uh, about basically being the veteran of WonderCon, been going for years. So that's coming up next. 